Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. This is Kathy um, coming to you from my kitchen. It is snowing and it is Valentine's Day. If you haven't gotten your loved ones something, now's the time to go shopping. But by the time you hear this, I do not celebrate Valentine's Day with my partner. We came to an agreement a long time ago about that. We just just don't only for the sheer fact of it is too much of a pain to be honest with you we do so much for each other throughout the year that you know and and some people might see this as well he's just trying to get out of stuff or you're just trying to get out of stuff no it's not we actually do a lot for each other we'll just you know buy each other a gift or something throughout the year or surprise each other with stuff. We're just at that point in our lives where we can do that kind of stuff. So for Valentine's Day for us is just, meh. you know, yeah, it, we wish each other a happy Valentine's Day and give each other a kiss and that. But other than that, it's we don't need to buy each other a card or or whatever. For those of you who do, I wish you a happy day today today's definitely going to be a day for those who can cuddle because it's cold as fuck today and excuse the language but it is tonight it's supposed to get down to minus 17 here that is the feel like temperature so if you are outside this day of all colder than a witch's boob out today I feel for you just wear layers whatever it is like I said by the time you hear this it's gonna be over but anyways um, hopefully you were able to get through today without too much issues or anything like that um, it has been snowing up here since mm, Wednesday I'm supposed to get some more snow tonight and hopefully it's not too too bad uh, we have our granddaughter this weekend, so it's going to be extra fun. And she has a surprise waiting for her, so we're looking forward to that. So all the fun things that you can do with little kids, it's, you know, it's lots of fun. But anywho, on to what we're going to be talking about. For those of you who are first-time listeners, I thank you. I apologize about that. I thought I had my phone on silent. That shows me for not paying attention. But anyways, <clears throat> like we normally do, if this is your first time listening to any of the episodes, please let me know what you're thinking. You can go on. You can give it a like. You can go to iTunes. You can give a star rating, which I, I, I greatly appreciate it, which we're on Spotify Instagram, which is K-A-T-H-Y-B-R-D-L-Y. We're on Twitter under all things Erie from Erie PA, and the Erie is with three E's. We are on, like I said, iTunes. We are on Spotify and, of course, podbean.com. And you can go to any of those platforms and you can let me know what you're thinking. You can ask any questions you can um, just pretty much give any feedback that you that you would like. And again, if this is your first time listening, please go back and and take a uh, peek at the other episodes. We've had several new listeners that have been downloading some episodes. We've had some folks from Georgia. We've had some folks from. Florida. We've had some folks from Saskatchewan. I just want to give a shout out and say thank you and how much I appreciate everything that just you guys listening has meant. We're going to jump right into this week's episode, which is episode 21. 
this is about a case that is happening now. This is about something that's unfolding as we speak. And it's about Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. And if you're not familiar about this case, it's not happening in Erie. It is happening out in the Idaho area and it has moved over to Hawaii area because that's where they were found at. Uh, this has grabbed the, na the nation's attention. Um, it certainly has grabbed my attention because of all of the variations that have gone on in this case. The other thing is, is that if you get too close to the two of these people, meaning Lori Vallow and Ch Chad Daybell, you end up dying, even if it's not by their hand. I am going to do my absolute best on this, but I'm going to try and control my sarcastic mouth. I, I, I really am going to try to, but I'm not going to be able to guarantee anything on this. And I know I was sarcastic with the newlywed murders, and that was just a little slight sarcasm. This one is going to be really difficult for me. And those that know me, they know I can be very sarcastic. And when I mean sarcasm, I mean in a funny roundabout way, sarcasm. But this is going to be like, what the fork was this person even thinking kind of deal being around this person. And you're going to find out what I'm talking about when I start talking about Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. If you're not familiar with this case and you're going to be sitting there thinking to yourself, also, what the hell are they doing? Are they smoking crack or what? And, and that's going to be hard for me not to say because I don't know if they're on drugs or anything like that. And that's why I'm saying I'm going to be very hard pressed not to be sarcastic about these two because of everything that's going on. So let's start at the beginning. And with that, that starts with the death of Chad Daybell's first wife. And that takes us to the state of Arizona where everything starts. Chad Daybell's wife is 49-year-old Tammy Daybell. And her death was chalked up to natural causes. Now, Tammy Daybell was a popular school librarian and she had married her college boyfriend, Chad Daybell, and helped him found Spring Creek Book Company where they self-published apocalyptic novels aimed at the Mormon audience. And the fantasies that Chad Daybell spun uh, featured Chinese bioterrorism attacks, which is a little, little too close to home right now with the whole um, coronavirus thing, uh, devastating pandemics and hurricanes, and rising civil unrest. Tammy's family described her as the true backbone of the operation, designing book covers while also managing the book company's finances. So that being said, for me, this should have been a dead ass giveaway with every pun intended. Unless she believed in this wholeheartedly BS bullcrap, everyone has a little bit of crazy in them, myself included. Um, I like to think of it as a little fun crazy, but hey, everyone also has their definition of what crazy is. But then again, I don't go around spouting off about the next apocalypse or killing people who get in my way. I just talk about those who do. But here's the thing. If she was the true backbone of the operation, then why did he feel the need to get rid of Tammy? That's the $64,000 question right there. Did she figure out that he was skimming from somewhere or that he was really a scam artist, that he didn't believe in his own product that he was selling? After Tammy was found dead, Tammy's obituary said that she passed away peacefully in her sleep. But when Chad, who's 51, quickly remarried and went on the run with his new wife, the authorities kind of came to see her death as potentially suspicious. Like, no shit, Sherlock. He had his new wife on the hook long before his wife, quote unquote, died peacefully in her sleep. Those who cheat always do. 
he must have been sleeping or dating with this Lori Vallow months or weeks prior to his wife even dying. I want anybody who's ever had anybody cheat on them, think back to that time that you broke up with someone that had already, that, or they broke up with you, and they said the, it's not you, it's me. What were the signs? I mean, seriously, think about it. They stopped coming around as much, they had to quote unquote work late, and they all of a sudden had to have private phone calls. They were losing weight, getting back into shape, there's all kinds of signs. Now you can chalk it up to, well, you know, I wasn't the greatest in our relationship either, whatever, but you also didn't end up on a slab. This woman did. He didn't just break up with her. He didn't just give her a divorce. He offed her. Whatever he did, he offed her. At the time of Tammy's death, the Fremont County Sheriff's Office responded to investigate Sheriff Len Humphreys said the coroner ruled the death as being from natural causes. Now, he indicated their deputies didn't find anything suspicious, criminal, or out of the ordinary in, in their investigations. <clears throat> There's a dispatcher who spoke with the Gilbert, Arizona detective after Tammy's death and explained how it wasn't just the coroner who didn't want to press the investigation any further. The family themselves did not want an autopsy. So they just went straight to the funeral home and the family refused an autopsy, she, she told the detective. Then the, the detective clarifies that that piece of information with the dispatcher. The family said they don't want an autopsy, therefore the coroner just signed off and then, then and there, he asked, and then the funeral home took Miss Daybell, which is a question, is that how that works? <clears throat> a family refusing an autopsy autopsy. I really can speak today. Um, I, I promise I can. Words are hard sometimes. Isn't necessarily an uncommon occurrence, according to a retired Unified Police Department Deputy Chief Chris Bertram. There are lots of personal beliefs why someone may not want it, he explained. He cited like religious beliefs or not wanting to disturb the de deceased loved ones, on the other side, it may be a red flag that they are concealing something. Now remember, her family said they didn't want an autopsy. Not him, specifically, her family. So that in itself didn't send up any big red flags. Now if he was the only one that was screaming and hollering and saying, no, 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 you can't do an autopsy, now that might have set up a, a big red flag. But because the coroner said, hey, she just died in her sleep. The family's, okay, then why do an autopsy? You don't need to do an autopsy if you're just saying it's natural causes. This Bertram had spent more than two decades in law enforcement, and he apparently knows the ins and outs of death investigation protocol. And while that protocol varies from state to state, he urged that any investigation should be complete and detailed, no matter the family's wishes. Bertram indicated that's unusual for a coroner not to do an autopsy if someone fairly young with no ma major medical issues passes away suddenly like Tammy did in October. He pointed out that the public doesn't know what the family said to the coroner that may have relieved any suspicious suspicions over her death. Again, we don't know what they said. Again, I can only speculate, speculate as to it, it couldn't have been just Daybell, Chris Daybell, because if it was just one, then her family could have said, nope, you know what? it's him, I don't trust him, do an autopsy. If you have one side screaming autopsy and, and one person saying, nope, I don't want an autopsy, then that's, that's reason for suspicion. But if you have a whole group of people that are united saying, well, you're telling me that she died naturally, she just fell asleep, why do an autopsy? That's like doing an autopsy on a 101-year-old man that fell asleep one night. That might not be the greatest analogy, but at the same point, that's the best example I can give you. He just died. 
why do an autopsy to just tell us that his heart gave out? He pointed out that, like I said, that the family, they don't know what they said to the coroner that might have relieved any of the suspicions. That is that section. Now we're going to move over to Lori Vallow because Chad Daybell, he only had one marriage. Lori, she had five. That's right, folks. By the time she married Chris Daybell, he was number five. In 2006, marriage records show Lori married her fourth husband, Charles Vallow. Lori came to the marriage with her kids, including Tylee, the daughter of her third husband, Joseph Ryan Jr., because her first husband, nobody has a clue as to where he is. Second husband, same. The family members say that in 2014, Charles and Lori Vallow adopted Joshua J.J. Vallow, and he's the biological grandson of Charles' sister, Kay Woodcock, who is married to Larry Woodcock. I might highly suggest for those who are at home to get a dry erase board, maybe write some names on it to try and keep everything straight because this is one mucked up mess. This woman is crazy. The only, the only word I got for you, she's just crazy. I, and I shouldn't be throwing that word around, but again, just listen along. While the Vallow family lived in Arizona, Tylee's father, Joseph Ryan, died on April 3rd, 2018. And according to a copy of the medical examiner's report, the cause of death was ruled a heart attack and he was cremated, but there's not too much other information about his death. Like I said, Lori has a complicated backstory of her own. Joseph Ryan, Tylee's father, like I said, he died of a heart attack back in 2018. At some point, and it's not clear when, Lori married Charles Vallow, but by February 2019, they became estranged, and Vallow told a divorce court judge that Lori believed she was a reincarnated deity sent to earth to prepare people for Jesus' second coming. Yes, folks, you heard it here. She is a reincarnated deity sent to earth to prepare people for Jesus' second coming. Everybody has their beliefs, and I'm not going to crap on anybody's. However, at some point, do I believe that, you know, there is going to be a second coming or something like that? Maybe. It's hard to say. They say it's going to happen in the Bible. Who knows? But I don't think it's this lady. I really, really don't see it being her. I mean, because she's taken this to a whole new level, and I'm talking David Koresh level. I'm not saying that she is trying to build her own encampment kind of thing. I'm talking about the deaths that are piling up around her, and she's not afraid to have these, and, and she's not afraid to have people killed. That's my point. To go around telling people that you're a reincarnated deity or that you're God or a God. Again, David Koresh. I mean, he was he had that that persona about him and and he he killed a lot of people in the process. Instead of I mean, anybody that's familiar with that heartbreaking scenario that went on in Waco. And I get it, the government was wrong in what they did, but Koresh could have given up. He took those, the women and children with him and they were dead before the, the government went in there. So let's get back to this story. There's court documents that show that Lori's late husband, 62 year old Charles Vallow was worried about Lori's erratic behavior months before his death in early 2019. So during divorce proceedings, the family says Lori disappeared in February for nearly two months, leaving the children with others. And now it remained unclear where she went during those weeks bef before returning to the children. The records also show that Lori Vallow's late husband was concerned about her spending. 
And just a few months after he died, Lori Vallow married her fifth husband, Chad Daybell. His own wife, like we said, Tammy Daybell, also died two weeks before that. Now she waited a couple week, a couple months. Chad Daybell only waited two weeks. Nothing wrong there. Both our spouses are dead. Then we get married a couple weeks after his died. Nope, nothing wrong there. These are not the droids you're looking for. Then they learn both spouses left behind insurance policies. Money. Oh, heavens to Betsy, there's money involved. Now that would certainly not make any of that an issue. Come on, folks. That should have been huge. There's divorce documents filed in Arizona in February of 2019 that showed that Vallow wanted sole custody of the seven-year-old JJ, stating that Lori no longer wanted anything to do with him or the children. The divorce documents also stated that Lori told Charles she was a translated being and she was sealed to the ancient prophet Moroni along with James the Just in her previous lives. Now, I don't care who the hell you were in your previous life. You are who you are now. And if you don't want anything to do with your child that's to be in your care right now, then you don't need to have any custody whatsoever. Maybe just visitation and supervised at best. Because the squirrels that are running around in your head are not just looking for their nuts. They done chased them into the road and got hit. I, I don't care. They, they squash. Lori was convinced she was eternally married to the Mormon prophet Monroney and Vallow's attorney wrote in court filings recently unearthed by an affiliate out in Phoenix. She was also the grandmother of Mormon founder Joseph Smith, and that if her ex-husband had stood in the way of her divine mission, she would murder him. You don't throw the M word out there unless A, you really mean it, and B, there's a, a good reason for it. And I'm talking like somebody's doing something to one of your kids. Or, and I'm talking like someone's touching them and they should not be. That's what I'm talking about. Like somebody is physically harming someone in your family. This lady is just nuts. She just wants out of her marriage, doesn't want to have to do the, to do the legwork because she knows she's going to lose. She's not going to get alimony. She's not going to get child support because she's going to lose for the, for the um, custody part of her kids. Lori believing that she was God assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 during Christ's second coming in July of 2020 and that if the father got in the way, she would murder him. I don't know if it's because she's got a party going on up in there in her head and that she would kill her husband if he got in the way. I, I'm confused, which I'm sure she must be on most ease if they, she's got that all going on up in there. You know, again, is it just because she wants the money or what? I mean, she left for two months. It wasn't because the husband, you know, was beating on her. There's nothing in the court document saying that he was abusive. It's just she left and she, but she left the kids with other people. She didn't take them with her. She left them with other people. She didn't want Charles anymore. And this is according to the sister Kay Woodcock. She told numerous people, Charles just has to go. He has to go. I'm done then just fucking walk away. Excuse my language. Charles claimed that Lori abandoned the family in late January, withdrawing a total of $35,000 from their bank accounts, which sounds like it's a lot all about the Benjamins. And then she returned sometimes, sometime in March and persuaded Charles to stop the divorce, according to the sister. 
of uh, Charles Vallow, which I wonder how she did that. You know, I mean, she ran out of money. She left, she ran out of money, and then she came back because she needed more. So around June, Lori Daybell's niece, Melanie Bordeaux, demanded a divorce from her husband, Brandon Bordeaux. Brandon claims his then wife affiliated herself with similar beliefs as her aunt and helped and joined a cult. I thought I had a happy mar marriage, so it was pretty overwhelming, he had told a, uh, a news outlet. Bordeaux attributed the split to the fact that his wife had started spending more time with Lori and other members of the radical religious group to which Lori belonged. And the demands for a divorce came as a shock to Brandon Bordeaux as he thought their marriage to be in a good place, which I'm pretty sure he saw this coming a mile away. He just didn't want to either see it or admit it. But he was smart and gave his wife a divorce because in October of that year, someone in a Jeep, and according to the police, it was registered to Charles Vallow, took a shot at him and his now ex-wife is married to an Ian Pulaski who had just recently got a divorce himself. And those two, mean, meaning uh, Melanie Bordeaux and Ian Pulaski, married in November of 2019. Oh, it's true love at gunpoint. Just five months later, in July of 2019, Lori's brother, I know that overlapped a little bit, but Lori's brother, Alan Alex Cox, shot and killed Vallow, now we're talking about Charles Vallow, in a Chandler, Arizona dispute, and that that's still under investigation. Cox said that he intervened in an argument between the estranged couple and Vallow hit him in the head with a baseball bat. Cox had shot the man in self-defense, he claimed. This is the best part. Then on December 12th, Cox himself died of unknown causes. Somehow I think it's going to line up with Daybell's wife because everybody seems to be dropping like flies. And like I said, you see what I mean? Get too close, boom, you're gone. Her own brother killed her husband and then her brother dies of unknown causes. She has her brother believe that she's in danger from her husband who is quite much older than her. And he shoots the husband in quote-unquote self-defense and then the brother dies of unknown causes. That's ah, freaking horse hockey. Before they married, and I'm talking about Lori and Chad, they appeared together on podcasts distributed by Preparing a People, a media company which touts the tagline, helping to prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. The company has since denied being a cult and distanced itself from the couple deleting the podcast in question and saying in a Dece December statement that it was shocked <gasps> and deeply disturbed whoo, to learn of the investigation. Not. We also do not share any of Chad Daybell's or Lori Vallow's belief if they are contrary to the Christian principles of honesty, integrity, and truth, or if they do not align with the doctrines of the Church, church of Jesus Christ of, of Latter-day Saints owners Michael and Nancy James wrote. Now at this point, everyone is trying to distance themselves from these two. They knew what they were putting out there in podcasts. They had to have been listening to them and had to have been okay what they, what they were saying. They must have had some decent followers on them because they'd been doing it for a while. And now all of a sudden, nope, we don't, we don't believe in what they're saying. If it doesn't line up with what's on our doctrine sorry nope now there's new police recordings that explain what happened in the weeks following the death of Tammy Daybell and in the recording a dispatcher reveals that Daybell family like we said earlier had refused the autopsy for Tammy when she first died now we're getting up to finally about the kids Idaho authorities have linked Daybell's death with the case of the two missing children from Idaho, seven-year-old Joshua J.J. Vallow and 17-year-old Tylee Ryan. Once in Rexburg, Lori Vallow Daybell enrolled J.J. in school on September 3, 2019 in Kennedy Elementary, 
school principal Josh Wilson told one of the affiliates out there just three weeks later on September 23rd 2019 JJ last attended class and the following day his mother unenrolled him saying she would homeschool the boy police say Tylee was also last seen in September but it remains unclear where the family says she wasn't enrolled in school since she graduated early myself personally this is what gives homeschooling a bad name there are those that do the work and are doing a wonderful job and have their kids homeschooled for various reasons then you have people like Vallow and others who have used homeschool as an excuse to keep their kids hidden and to cover up their crimes against their children just because she didn't come across like a big bag of psycho dipped in all kinds of crazy that's exactly what she turned out to be and her kids suffered for it oldest wasn't even in school at this point because she had graduated early but i'm sure she had re relied on valo for everything she had because i don't think valo would have been easily given up any money for tylee to leave on december 12 2019 alex cox the brother of lori Day daybell like we said he dies in, under mysterious circumstances in gilbert arizona little is known about his death as the investigations investigators await the results from an ongoing autopsy then on december 20th 2019 the Rexburg Police Department went public on their search for JJ and Tylee. Police also say the children's disappearance is possibly linked to the suspicious death of Tammy, which we have said. My opinion is, is that the son is the one who found out and told the sister, and that's why they got rid of them. And that they both have been dead from the time that they were, quote unquote, last seen. Vallow had to enroll the boy because that would have set the police on her a lot faster if she hadn't that was the one piece i was really questioning with the daughter it didn't matter she didn't have to be anywhere when i first heard about this case that was that was the biggest question from the time he left arizona to the time he got up to idaho people were always questioning why wasn't anybody anything said once they reached idaho and they have to send records she can request records but the school that he is being registered in will still request those records from the old school and if she had known prior to where she was moving she would have contacted that school and i'm talking about Vallow here lori Vallow, and that school would have contacted that school from arizona and said okay did he leave that school if not okay then we don't have to worry about these records if he did leave then there would have been a question so with valo enrolling him in school that gives her a timeline to work with okay he was here from such time to such time you know what i don't like how you guys are working with my child because this child is autistic I don't like how you guys are working with him I'm just gonna pull him out because I can work better with my child after that all she has to do is keep submitting her class syllabus for the month she doesn't have to do anything else it's not like he is in say PA cyber where where JJ has to be online and and talk to the school the teacher online she's the one that's doing all the 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 classwork she just has to submit the records and she has to submit her her class lesson plan that's it they don't have to actually see the child and this is where the biggest problem is coming from all of this like for example the Turpin children they were homeschooled and the oldest one was in her 20s and she had the physique, I think they said, of like a 13-year-old because she was so malnourished. She was so underfed. And, and, and they, they, they tortured those kids so much. There were, children, there were two children that were down in Georgia. Uh, the one was a boy. 
they pulled him out of school to quote unquote homeschool him. He had been dead two years. Neighbors had no clue until the sister died because they tortured her the same way they did the boy. Homeschooling. Those that are actually doing the work for reasons that they pulled their kids out, whether it was their child was being bullied or the school system isn't up to par, whatever reason, those parents are doing it for a good reason. Then you have the parents that, like I said prior, they pulled their kids out to cover up their crimes. Nobody's checking on these kids. Nobody has to do anything except for the parent to submit their class lesson plan. Then who does it fall on? The caseworkers are already outnumbered, overworked. They have sometimes two and three times, four times their caseloads. So what do you do? Who's supposed to check on these kids to make sure they're not being abused? I mean, these are all really good questions. And now those that are doing it correctly are going to be punished because of those that are doing this to abuse their kids or kill them. <sighs> Anywho, a dispatch call released to one, uh, the Fox 13 affiliate from Fremont County, Arizona, details a 17-minute phone conversation between a detective from Gilbert, Arizona and a dispatcher from Fremont County, which there's no date or timestamp on the call. The detective calls dispatch to request information for the death of Tamara Daybell. Oh yeah, the dispatcher says with a tone of recognition upon hearing Daybell's name. I was the one that actually took that call. He tells the dispatcher he's asking for the police report. So why is someone from Arizona wanting to know, the dispatcher asked. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't it funny how everything ties together, detective answers. We just have some cases down here that it's got our attention with Miss Daybell. The cases the detective is talking about could include the early October shooting aimed at, rel aimed at a relative of Lori Vallow Daybell in Gilbert. The family member has said he believes the shooting had to do with religious beliefs shared by Lori and some of her family members. The detective could also have been referring to the July shooting death of Lori's late husband, Charles Vallow, Vallow in nearby Chandler, Arizona. At the time, police didn't arrest the shooter, Lori's brother Alex Cox, because he claimed self-defense. A search warrant has since revealed police were investigating the death as a conspiracy to commit a homicide. No, didn't see that shit coming. The investigation is still ongoing. Lori married Tammy's husband, Chad Abel, shortly after Tammy died and Lori's kids disappeared. The two kids, originally from Arizona, vanish after moving to Idaho some five months ago. Joshua and Tylee were not found after Vallow and Daybell are found in Kauai, in Hawaii, according to authorities. Their mother was then ordered to physically produce the two children before a court in Idaho within five days. In January, Kauai police pulled over Lori Vallow, who's 46, and Chad Daybell, who's 51, as they were riding in a black Ford Explorer, Explorer along the Kuhio Highway. The rental vehicle pulled into the parking lot of the Kauai Beach Resort. They were stopped and each were pulled into separate police vehicles as officers executed a search warrant on the SUV they were driving. Kauai police confirmed in a statement, the Kauai police, the FBI, and Eastern Idaho law enforcement were all there. Their rental Ford Explorer was eventually taken away by a tow truck. Police also executed a search warrant of their home in Princeville, Hawaii. The couple was detained briefly but not arrested. Federal authorities and Eastern Idaho law enforcement aided in carrying out the warrants. JJ and Tylee are being sought by police in Rexburg, Idaho, investigators are saying that Lori Daybell now knows what happened to him but refuses to cooperate. Lori Val Vallow was served, like we said, with the child pr protection order to physically produce the two children to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare in Rexburg, Idaho within five days or risk being subject to civil or criminal contempt of court. The fact that she couldn't produce the kids 
should have been a dead giveaway. Uh, and I'm sure they were trying to wait to see if they were going to make any phone calls or follow them and see if they had any accomplices there. But how do you get bodies past an airport screening? Unless they were in urns and ashes already. And they wouldn't have had them in urns. They, they would have concealed them another way. East Idaho News released a video of the couple walking after they were released from custody in Hawaii, giving minimal responses to a reporter who insistently asked about the children's well-being. While Daybell and Valo were in Hawaii, there is no evidence that Valo's 17-year-old daughter, Tylee Ryan, and her 7-year-old son, JJ, were ever in the Aloha State, according to a joint statement from Rexford Police and Madison County Prosecutor's Office. The children have not been seen since September couple have been approached twice by law enforcement and they and again they were served out that, that order demanding that Lori produce Tylee and JJ to and there's been much speculation as to why police chose now to move in on Daybell and Vallow. Fremont County Sheriff Lee hum, Len Humphreys confirmed to the Post Register that the timing had nothing to do with Tammy Daybell's autopsy results. The authorities had not yet given the autopsy report back. And while it was previously reported by some media outlets that Tammy's family had been privately told the autopsy results, Humphrey confirmed there are no results available to tell anyone, family or otherwise. Now they said that should Lori Vallow fail to uh, physically produce the children, she could be found in civil or uh, criminal contempt of court. Now, if anyone has been in front of a judge for contempt of court, this could take weeks or even months to even get in front of a judge, depending on how backed up the court system is. But because of it being such a high profile, it might speed up the process or because of Vallo that she's ignored this to produce the kids. I mean, they just might move it up through the system. But neither one of them have been arrested for anything. On January 29th, Kay and Larry Woodcock filed for guardianship of JJ in the Madison County Magistrate Court. And this comes as the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare conducts its own investigation into the children's safety, according to a copy of the child protection order obtained by the, the affiliate out there. The department has until February 10th to deliver the report to the judge. Since all of this has come out, there, is, there, there was a dog trainer in Arizona that has come forward and believes that he might have been the last, he, he might have been the last person to have seen J.J. Vallow alive back in September. The Vallows had met him in December of seven, 2017 to help train a golden doodle for J.J. who is autistic and who would get up in the middle of the night and wander around the house and get distracted. The dog named Bailey was there to keep J.J. on task and alert the parents if he had wandered off, also to help with his sleep and anxiety. The man thought it was odd when he received a phone call that Lori wanted to have him take the dog back because they would be moving to Idaho. He had even made the comment that J.J. might need the dog more than ever since his dad just died. The man seen J.J. in the back of the SUV on his tablet, and Lori had asked him if he'd found the home for the dog, and the trainer said no. And her response was, if my daughter asked, just tell her you did. The whole time Lori was putting bags into the back of the SUV, not one time did he see the daughter, which means she could not have been there or she just wasn't outside at the time also the daughter's cell phone was found with lori in hawaii the phone itself was used several times after tylee's disappearance but it was unclear who was using it in october more than half more than a month after the 17 year old disappeared there was a text that was allegedly sent from her phone to a worried friend saying hi miss you guys too love you and the recipient said it didn't sound like her. Also, two small Venmo payments were reportedly sent from Ryan's account to a family member. The discovery of Ryan's phone comes after items belonging to her and JJ were found abandoned inside a storage facility. On February 3rd in Idaho, the storage unit where Lori Vallow Daybell abandoned several of the kids' items inside the storage unit, officers found bikes, a scooter, winter clothing, a photo album with pictures of JJ and Tylee, sports equipment, a backpack with JJ's initials, and a jersey with Colby Ryan's, Lori Daybell's oldest son, name on it. 
There were blankets showing photos of the children, one focused on JJ and the other had pictures of Tylee. If the kids were alive, you would not abandon anything. You would keep that payment up on that, the rental. You would not get rid of any of their things. This woman got rid of her kids. She is selfish and she is only out for one person. She will take down chat. It's only a matter of time. If it means that she will get a lighter sentence, she will sell him out. It does not matter. She is that type of person. I have met people like her. She will sell him out. It's he who, wa he who talks walks. It, it's just the way it is. They both have killed people or have had people killed. Like I said, those who get too close to them die. And it's only a matter of time before they start flipping on each other. It is. Like I said, this case is so interesting and so sad at the same time. You cannot make this stuff up. My mom used to watch the soaps growing up when, when I was growing up. Nothing that they ever had on could touch this. This here would have made a hell of a story for a soap opera. I am not joking. I mean, I would have been doing anything to watch this. I Seriously, just to see where they would go with this story. I mean, this woman is a monster, a living, walking monster. And I, I don't care what she says. She can say she's a deity from, you know, wherever, but she's not she's a living breathing walking monster and the fact that and and i hate to say it but those kids have been dead a while they they really have been and and my heart breaks for them they really it really does i'm not i'm not touting the fact that i believe i'm right i just i have that gut feeling that once she was able to work out her plan the fact is, is that she was able to get rid of them. And the reason being is I really think that JJ found out what happened to Tammy. And it was just in a roundabout way. They just didn't think that he would be paying attention to anything because they just shoved the tablet in front of him, just like most kids. But what people don't realize is that kids are sponges. You might not think they're listening, but they're freaking listening. What ended up happening is that Tylee, who sounds like that she spent way more time with her brother than what anybody else did after her after his father died, was that she found out. He told her what he heard and boom, they had to go. And it's not like she cared anyways. She didn't like those kids. It they were just they were just, you know, a purse for her. You know, it was just an accessory, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a single mom. And, you know, this is, you know, feel bad for me. My husband died, dot, 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 you know, whatever. If by chance that they are alive, JJ is a seven-year-old with brown hair and brown eyes, and he's four feet tall, weighs about 55, uh, 50 pounds. And Tylee is a 17-year-old with blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's five feet tall and weighs about 160 pounds. And anyone with information regarding the whereabouts of the children is asked to contact the Rexburg Police Department at area code 208-359-3000 or the National Center for the Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, at 800-THE-LOST. Seriously, if you guys know anything about these children or if you know anything about what could have happened or if you've seen anything, please say something because these children could really be in some serious danger if, if what they're saying about Lori's quote-unquote cult is true. Pick up the phone and, and, please, and please call these people. Again, the Rexburg Police Department, their number is area code 208-359-3000 
or the Center for the Missing and Exploited Children. It's 800-THE-LOST. That's the story for today. Again, I hope I wasn't too sarcastic. I hope I wasn't trying to, I, I really was not trying to make light of this case. I let a little bit more of who I am out into this case because, and I, and I, and I tried to be careful when I was throwing the C word around. I mean, everybody has their, their version of crazy. I mean, you know, I worked with kids for 20 years and people used to call me crazy all the time. You do have to be a little crazy to work with kids because it can get crazy. You have to, you have to know when to, you know, just go with the flow. I mean, you might have this plan set for the day, but depending on how many kids you have in your class, like depending on which group I was working with, sometimes you had 14 kids that came in with their own little agenda going on. And you might wanted to work on writing for the day, but they didn't want to. So you ended up working on something completely different. Or, I mean, I remember the one time I subbed for computer programming class and everybody had their work done in like 10 minutes. This was, um, this was at an elementary school. The kids were just bored out of their gourds. So we ended up doing the hokey pokey. You know, because they just kept coming up and they were like, we're bored, we're bored, we're bored. What can we do? What can we do? How the hell do I know? The teacher's sub paperwork was like two sentences. You know, what do I tell these kids? I didn't know anything about teaching computer classes. I mean, I know about computers, but not teaching computer classes. They did their artwork and I mean, they still had like 15 minutes of class. You know, my main teaching was preschool. We were doing hokey pokey. I took, we went to open the door and every single teacher had their head poked out, looking at us like, what is going on down there? I, you know, I, the kids had a great time, but that's our version of crazy. This version of crazy needs a straight jacket. That's just me. I mean, she does, she needs to be put somewhere and not let back out because she just is infecting everybody around her. It's just not okay. So I hope you enjoyed this. I enjoyed doing the story. Again, these stories, episodes, they are available on Facebook, podbean.com, Spotify, iTunes, under All Things Eerie from Eerie PA eerie with three e's if you have any questions comments or anything you are more than free to go to the facebook account instagram twitter and just leave a question if you have a comment by all means go to itunes leave us a rate uh, rate us by the star system i'd greatly appreciate it and again happy valentine's day and this is Kathy and I'm signing off.